This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I saw an article that Putin was expanding the use of these private army armies like this Wagner group. I guess they're going to have more of these things going on. Wagner, they got a whole strange thing going on. They're going to Africa. What are they doing in Africa? Who knows? What kind of deal are they getting? Very strange. I think you're going to see uh, potentially a rise of these private armies. And I'll say to you, for all the people that are pounding their fists about civil war, this is the vehicle that would allow it to happen. If you had uh, a wealthy individual that could begin paying and training, quote, security forces, right? Amazon, well, we're going to have secure, whatever the case might be. And these things turn into these private armies. You could have the same problem that you had with Wagner. In the meantime, I see a lot of uh, advantages why countries, organizations might want to consider it. A lot more flexibility. You don't have to comply with the law in the same way. Uh, They can specialize in in a much different capacity. Uh, Training and equipment, they're not constrained to Congress and rules and not even OSHA if if they train outside of the country. They have the ability to provide security, as I indicated. Uh, they can be very responsive, unlike uh, some government organizations. And they can be used to, to protect assets, communities, people, schools, you name it. Germantown Academy down the street from us, a very prestigious Philadelphia school. I could see them having a little, uh, a little army. Then somebody becomes the, the dean or whatever they have over there. And there's somebody with money, and they say, ah, we're going to expand this. And you have 100 guys and 200 guys. You think with, say, a couple hundred trained, uh, military-trained, um, capable fighters that you couldn't make a run on Philadelphia, what kind of mayhem could you create? A lot. A lot. It's kind of crazy. It's something that popped in my head before I saw the article. I said, you know, i got to mention this. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's just something I, I see what's going on. And, um, well, you know, you had this this BlackRock group. Wasn't there, wasn't there a military group called BlackRock or something like that? Right? The American has had its own security, they call it. It's not military. It's, they don't call it private army. Security. Security forces. That's all. Just like the Israelis. Israeli security forces. It sounds so much nicer. You know, army, marines, military. It just seems like death and destruction. Security force. It sounds like you're you're locking up your refrigerator or something like that. Sounds so much more passive. See, I'm a nice guy. People people try to say I'm I'm not nice. I'm I'm pretty nice, right? We could be nice. (laughs) Okay, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Private army. So why would there be this rise of private armies? Uh, well, very simply, and, and you can look at this at a few different angles. I'm going to say it like this. To me, the institutions are failing under political correctness, among other things. We've got a, a bank of, of troubled old le- uh, leaders. Let's look at what's going on. Mitch McConnell, 
passes out on camera. Diane Feinstein, I think I think that they've uh, she's rigor mortis has set in with that lady. All right, we're gonna call a roll call. Senator Feinstein, I'd like to take a minute. You just need to say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have a drink and have another cocktail. Nancy Pelosi. You realize the combined age that I just rattled off is 1,400 years. <laughs> Between Mitch McConnell, Diane Feinstein, and Nancy Pelosi, you've got 1,400 years. Oh, yeah, Biden. Biden's the young one of the bunch. What's going on? We have all the ancient people. Yeah, people are living longer. No, they're not. Hey, listen, one thing you see politicians, they live a lot longer than the average person. Boy, they, politicians, when it comes to life expectancy, boy, you could shoot for the moon on that one. Not much else, but you could there. So we, here, so why would we have private armies? Why would things have to get that contentious that you would need uh, security forces? Why would you know private companies and, and uh, different organizations and wealthy individuals want security forces? Well, for one, being, being lied to every day, but there's a new crisis. Every day is a new crisis. Climate change is the big one. I, I can't believe the people that are falling for it. I just, people say, well, it's, it's been pretty hot. Oh, God. Yes, it has. I mean, after all, we all are hard, heading into August here outside of Philadelphia. The weather's been incredible. Better than incredible. Best weather in a long time. Climate change. So the uh, this Nobel uh, winning Peace Prize scientist, <laughs> I didn't say that correctly, did I? Uh, he said that there's no real climate crisis and it immediately gets canceled. Yeah, can you imagine that? You go your whole career, you're highly esteemed, you've done all this work, you have all this credibility, you win the Nobel Prize. What does uh, uh, Jean Kiersk say? The Nobel Prize. <laughs> Like it's like the king comes down and gives it to you. The Nobel Prize, <laughs> the Nobel, the Nobel. It's all the same thing. Don't worry about it. Hey, look, I, I mess up words too. It's a lot funnier when she does it. <laughs> the Nobel Prize it is. <laughs> I mean, nobody's listening to this guy anyway. What difference does it make if it is the Nobel or the Nobel Prize at this point? <laughs> they already raised his name from the, like, yeah, you're out of here. Climate change isn't real. Oh, no, he didn't. It's, it's like it's become the biggest crime at this point. You could complain about the vaccine. You could complain about wokeism. You know, you could you could push back on on uh, uh, on COVID. But don't you dare deny the climate is changing. It's like the backbone of the whole movement. The whole new religion is based on this uh, climate. Oh, the aliens, the aliens, yeah. I don't know. A lot of people believe in that, too. Well, there was a lot of strange things. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of strange things in Kensington, too. They don't call them UFOs. What do I know? What do I know? Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that there aren't aliens among us. I mean, look around. Some of these people are very strange. This poor guy, he says there's, there's no climate change. I, I don't believe for a second there is either. It's just amazing to me, the freakish frenzy and how they're able to time it. Oh, these hot temp. And it's almost like a game to me. 
like the big headline was the Phoenix, third Phoenix, thirty days of record temperatures. Like Phoenix is, is never hot in the summer. How about how about this one? Name a summer when it wasn't hot in Phoenix. People are leaving Phoenix. It's too hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man, what's the purpose of this mayhem? That to cover up for Hunter Biden? That isn't going well. Let me just stay on point. This is the hysteria. It's right here in the show notes. This is popular mechanics. Chicago is literally sinking because of, what would you guess? If you had to guess in today's day and age, why would you think that Chicago would be sinking? Maybe because they didn't pay their bills. Maybe because Obama was there. Aliens, that's a bona fide. I'll give you that one. Asteroid, or is it like a spaceship so large has hovered over Chicago and sucked the brains out of the people uh, that it, it, it created this reverse <laughs> gravity that is sinking the city. I'd actually believe that more than I would believe what Popular Mechanics has to say. What would you say? They say it's be sinking because of insidious underground heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because see where there's roads and the roads are hot. The ground gets hotter underneath there. And uh, I don't really know how to explain to people that that's really not the case. I guess I'll explain it like this in simple terms. If you get down in your basement on any given day, what's going to be the temperature down there? Oh, about 55 Well, it could get really cold out. Now, if you have a lot of above-ground exposure, but if you had a completely underground basement, you'd measure about 55 all year round. Believe that. Amazing. No matter how hot, no matter how cold, you could build a spring house on top of that with a black roof. It's not going to make any difference to that temperature. Certainly airflow and things like that maybe, but not with that ground temperature. It's kind of like the freezing, right? Freezing. If anything, you would say that the freezing would have more of a, it'd be an insidious underground threat, heaving things. Chicago, as cold as it gets, the frost only goes four feet, doesn't go any further. Only going to go so far. It's not going to sink the city because of underground heat. I'm amazed that they would write it and publish it and that people believe it. I mean, it's popular mechanics. It's not a junk magazine. I guess it is now. I don't even know what to say about this. Insidious underground heat. Yeah. it's They're not the only ones. Underground climate change. Let me see if I can open this up here. Oh, yeah, there it is. Popular mechanics. Daytime temperatures can climb as much as 7 degrees Fahrenheit. The nearby suburbs and exurbs. Hmm. But there's only half the heat equation because some cities are also boiling below the surface. It just gets more and more ridiculous. How could you even take that seriously? Now, here's how you know that it's serious. Uh, Your mind might be overheating how heat waves strain our mental health. I'm just telling you what it's saying. I didn't really have any comment on it. (laughs) 
You can check it out in the show notes if you're interested in that one. You know, but (laughs) despite all this lunacy, there are real problems. Los Angeles County homeless population spikes to over 75,000. I think that's hardly a real number. New York has their own issue, and so does every other city at this point. Much of it, not all of it, much of it pushed by illegal immigration. So let's just say it's 75 grand, Los Angeles, New York. We talked about these private military groups. How hard would it be if they get hungry for somebody? Hey, we'll pay you, we'll feed you and give you $5 a day. You don't have to do anything right now. How hard would it be? I don't know. I would say this. Either way, any way you want to look at this, with this many people floating around homeless on the edge of desperation at any given moment, you've got serious security issues. How long before affluent towns are taxing more? They say, hey, you're going to have to pony up for private security. It could come. I don't know. In our area, I could see it happening. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. They're piping so many people in so quickly, it's really hard to tell. Uh, And I'll say this, you know, uh, people generally want to live around like-minded people, wealth, age, um, people want to feel safe, all these things, you know. What do you think uh, over 55 communities are are so popular? You know, you get older, you're like, I I don't want to be around kids. You know, I say, I don't want to be around other people's kids at all, really. Not one bit. It just doesn't interest me. Um, I I joke around. I say, I barely want to be around my own kids. That's not really true. I do love being around my own kids. I don't want to be around somebody else because I could live in an over 55 community. I just don't want to be 15 feet from my neighbor. We have them up the road from us. I guess some people say it's beautiful. I don't really see what's so attractive about it. The house, I build a lot of these houses. They're little box ranchers, literally 15, 20 feet from their neighbors. And the base houses go for like 700 people paying a million dollars in there. They got their little 8 by 12 patio. with the. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this stuff. I'm just saying it's not a million dollars. And, you know, brand new Costco patio furniture all covered up, never uncovered. (laughs) I shouldn't talk. Ours is covered up most of the time, too. Kind of drives me nuts. Anyway, my point is that people want to live around like-minded people. They want to feel safe. That's the big thing. Familiarity breeds a feeling of safety, a welcoming, I don't know. So then I see this. Liberal suburbs have their own border wall, and they're talking about zoning. Well, there's a big liberal movement to break down the zoning as well. And I'm going to tell you something. The liberals where I live, because we definitely enjoy exactly what this article is talking about. Basically, you've got this little strip down the bottom that has high-density stuff, little pockets otherwise, and all the rest of it is larger lots. There's a few half-acre lot subdivisions. Well, there's quite a few half-acre, but three-quarter acres standard, and then you have some bigger lots from there. And what they want to do is they want to allow these to be converted to multifamily. And it's already happening in many ways. The definition of families changed. You really can't stop five people from buying a house together and then end up raising families in that house together if they wanted to. 
or moving their friends in or whatever the heck they want to do. It's really hard to stop that. And just imagine that for a second. You know, uh, that you're on a three-quarter acre lot. You got, you know, 100 feet from your, between you and your neighbor. Well, guess what? That's nothing when you got a bunch of meth heads out there partying all night. You're getting ready to go to bed because you got a business meeting in the morning. Or you're seeing a big client or whatever. Oh, that turn in. And you look out, and there's your neighbor meth heads out there standing around a fire, smoking cigarettes, and music playing on a Tuesday night. And you can hear the music. Now you got two options. Three options. Call the cops, go down and try and talk to them yourself, or bury your head in your pillow and deal with it. Hmm. Very difficult. A lot of people are already dealing with this stuff. You know, where somebody parks an RV, some meth head parks an RV out in front of the house and just takes up camp there. Oh, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to say that. I meant somebody who's uh, suffering with addiction because it really is a disease. That's the that's the narrative on that. You have to say that. You have to be sympathetic. Oh, this addiction problem, it tears family. It's all true. I'm not taking anything away from that, actually. I'm just saying I don't want to live in front of my house. Go, go live with your loved ones. Let them deal with it. I don't know. What do you do about it? Very difficult situation. You got 75,000 of them in L.A., let alone the ones in Philadelphia that we're dealing with. It wouldn't surprise me one bit that we're dealing with 75,000 homeless people in our area. That's a huge amount. Even if they just start moving around. Imagine you're coming home from work, and there's just two or three Wearing backpacks. Two or three what? I don't, whatever. Race is irrelevant. Homeless people. Homeless people. Generally not, you know, pallbearers and, uh, uh, you know, choir people. It's, it's not what's going on usually. I'm not saying that, you know, the, the housing challenge or whatever the, the word is, uh, that there aren't real problems, that people really need services. Absolutely, we should offer the best program available that helps people recover and get out of it, not spread them around to otherwise nice neighborhoods and destroy them too. Call me crazy. Tough love. Why do I? You know, you're not going to help the drug addicts become by becoming one of them. Plain and simple. You're going to be moving in. So just imagine you're pulling up from work. I had it happen to me, not like this. It was one guy, backpacked, supposedly selling stuff, had rung the doorbell. That was a mistake. Um, nothing happened. Um, I mean, the way we're laid out here, I'm like, you're not, not going to do nothing. Because <laughs> even if I slip and fall and crack my head, those dogs are going to come at you. You're going to have a different kind of problem. Um <laughs> Oh, man. Liberal suburbs have their own border wall. Yes, we do, the protection of the zoning. But it's not going to help you if people start roving around. It's my concern here. You know, our lot, the location, where we're at, it does not make it a good target. But who knows? Who knows? You know, you come home and and you see two or three guys walking up with backpacks. And there's two or three, you know, 15 yards behind you. You look down like, holy cow. There's a bunch of these people walking through here. Kids playing out front. Hey, sweetie, let's um, let's go inside for a little while. Are the cars locked, honey? 
And then one of them just swats at your mailbox. What? Oh, man. No way. One of them starts taking a leak behind one of your bushes. And they're up and down the street. I don't know, my friend. Better start thinking about it. It's not far from here. Just Just a few miles, depending on where you're at. Huge problem as far as I see it. There's a great video here. Socialism fails. You can check it out if you want. And uh, it went like this. The uh, professor said, we're going to do the grading socialist style. And so everybody's going to get the the same grade. We're going to average the grades together. And whatever the average is, everybody will get that grade. And so they take the first test. And predictably, some of the people goof off, but you had your A students, and the average was a C, very predictably. So everybody got a C. So the following week, they come back to take the test. But now, the A's are really upset, because they're like, you know, we just busted our butts. The F's did nothing and got a C. We did everything and got a C. Why should we do anything? And not all the A's did this. Some of them still did their work. The second week, the average grade was a D. The third week, it was an F. I like to say managing to the lowest common denominator. Don't do it to yourself. We can't afford to do it to our country. Uh, We can't allow it to happen in our families, our communities. We're letting the place fall apart because of people's inaction, unwillingness to to get involved and do things, as well as some things I think that the, the... the systems desperately need to be updated. Desperately need to be updated. You know, people are so fearful of AI. I would say rather than being, being afraid of AI, here's what I'm going to leave you with today. Rather than being afraid of AI, learn how to use it. Rather than being afraid of the weather, get outside more. See what it's all about. There's a real world out there. Instead of reading the fake news, go out and see what's really going on with your own eyes. Everything changes. It really does. Your mood, your outlook. There's a great world out there and great tools available to make it even better. But so many people, for some reason, when it gets getting mired down in in negativity and misery, they're never going to see it happen. All of it. All of it. You're not happy with the elections? Go get involved. See what you can do. I did. I got more disgusted than ever. What are you going to do? It happens. All right. Short podcast today. Private armies. I don't know. If you start to see the rise of private armies, I'd be very, very concerned. I really would. I view it as an indication. Even uh, the way the st- some of the states are moving around uh, National Guard and the border and things like that, it's very concerning to see that kind of posturing. First it's lawsuits, then it's gunshots. I don't know. The armies never seem to start the war. It's always the politicians, right? Either way, God willing, I hope to be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day. <laughs>